It's time to level up. Mastering the inner game. Meditate, elevate, celebrate. Mindset, level up. Make sure you hit that like, share, and subscribe button so you never miss out on any of our great mindset content. Hey guys, I hope you're having another beautiful day and making the most of the gift that we have, which is the present. Now today, we're going to dive into a great topic, which is all about rest, recovery, and rejuvenation. Such an important part of being an athlete and anything, uh, just being a human being, because we need to have that recovery in order to perform or do anything consistently the next day. Now, for me, I like to always focus on getting enough sleep, getting enough nutrition, hydration, and we're going to dive into all those tips just to get you on track and level up your recovery so that your performances go to that highest potential. So for anyone who's new to the channel, my name is Julian Service. I am the head coach at Mindset, and I am always at your service. My background is a Division I baseball player and an ex-pro athlete. And through that journey, I learned a lot of things about how to be a better athlete and just a better person in general. So I want to share with you my knowledge and experience to help take your talent and abilities to the highest level. So let's dive right in. Sleep is extremely important to me. I need to rest and recover in order for the training I do to be absorbed by my body. And that is from Usain Bolt. Now, of course, if anyone doesn't know Usain Bolt, he's one of the fastest men alive and one of the most accoladed and decorated with accolades for gold medals when it comes to the 100, 200, and the four by 100 meter in the Olympics. So of course, someone who's pushing their body to the extreme constantly sprinting and working and training, especially in hot climates in Jamaica, you got to make sure you are resting and allowing your body to absorb all that training. And it's so true because rest is when our body grows and actually muscularly develops in order for our training and our competition to take part in our growth. Now, it's a part of our life cycle. We have to get rest and sleep, and it's a very crucial part for ensuring tomorrow's athletic performances will be consistent. Now, athletes tend to understand the value in adequate recovery as they always perform better when they do get enough. Therefore, the incentive of having better results has begun to drive majority of athletes into focusing more on better recovery and nutrition. The level of competition is also encouraging athletes to find every way possible to get that next step on their their competition and maximize their recovery. Now, just as much time needs to be put in into the mental rejuvenation, and this is vital for clarity, memory, and focus. Getting deep sleep and not overtraining the body can ensure the parasympathetic nervous system can be used effectively for repairing the brain. Cognitive function and nervous system efficiency are all linked to proper rejuvenation and recovery. And this is why a 20 minute nap can do so much for us 
to get that feel of alertness and energy back because we're just rejuvenating the mind to give it a little shutdown so that it can come back fresh and ready to go. Now, sleep, such an important part of our life and athletes need it even more. Athletes' routines consist of constantly pushing their bodies to the max. And in this process, muscle fibers are micro-tearing, joints are getting excessive repetitions, and our cardiovascular organs are pumping to improve our aerobic capacity and potentially those VO2 max levels. So rest is the only way to ensure staying healthy and away from injuries. We need to typically get eight to 10 hours of sleep with adequate REM cycles, and deep sleep is very important. Now in our deep sleep, our body is focusing on repairing those necessary muscles, joints, and tissues, and allows the phasing of cellular growth and development for those roving eye movement, movement cycles, which is REM. And in that is when we get the most rejuvenation and the mind and the brain can get a little bit more energy back from really resting and getting that boost. Now, light sleep is another necessary part of the rest and it's in the beginning phase for the complete and healthy sleep. So we need all cycles. We tend to be in the light sleep cycle a lot because after we go through each, we end up around there. So when we're tossing and turning a little bit without us even knowing it, we tend to be in that light sleep. But REM is something that we typically hear a lot of because it helps with a lot of our memory, our mood, and how we learn. So we get a lot of vivid uh, dreams and old past memories that kind of collide together in that REM cycle. Now, it is usually best to wake up during a light sleep cycle because our body is closest to being more alert and ready to actually function being awake. When we are in a deep sleep, we usually are repairing at a cellular level. So we turn off our ability to move. Uh, there's a lot of things in our breathing that really slows down in our heart rate. So if we get popped out of that by something, maybe a loud noise or someone woke us up, it can startle us. It can make us actually feel a little paralyzed for a few seconds until the body turns it all back on. And you might be a little groggy and really just want to turn over and just go back to bed. So you want to be able to time when you really want to get out of bed. And they do have these great sleep calculators you can just download on your phone as an app. And you put it in when you want to wake up and it will tell you when to go to bed. Now, of course, you have to put in how long it takes for you to fall asleep, your age, your typical tendencies, and it puts that all into a calculation that then figures out how many cycles you will get based on what you need for your performance, and that will help you get consistent sleep. More than anything, a lot of people try to focus on waking up at a certain time, but it tends to be going to bed at a certain time that helps us get more efficient sleep. So kind of keep an eye on how you're going to bed, what's your focus when you want to wake up, and ensure you're planning for 90-minute cycles and trying to wake up at the end of a 90-minute cycle. If you're in the middle of one of those sleep cycles, you most likely will be in a REM or a deeper sleep where your body's doing a lot more cellular repairing. So you need to be in a lighter sleep to wake up feeling more rejuvenated and ready to go. Now, diving into some recovery techniques, these can include foam rolling, stretching, mobility stability, massage, ice baths, uh, cupping, acupuncture, theraguns. There's so many things we can do. And with those, a lot of them are focused on how you can consistently do them every day, but a few of them 
are more focused on physiotherapy or maintaining an old injury or preventing one if something's starting to flare up. Now, foam rolling helps break up and flush lactic acid out of the muscles to decrease recovery time of muscles. Plus, it helps break up fascial and muscle knots that happen from excessive use. And of course, those can cause discomfort. So you wanna get rid of those as soon as possible or else it's gonna hinder your performance for the next day. Now, sometimes manual therapy is needed to fully release those issues. So sometimes you do need to see an athletic trainer or a masseuse to really hit that spot because some things we just can't do on our own. Now, stretching is vital for maintaining muscular flexibility. And that's huge because that allows less pressure to be pulling on our joints from the muscles. And in that, we have dynamic stretching, which is great for increasing blood flow and preparing for movement or sports. But it can be used afterwards to facilitate proper uh, cool down and letting the body really stay in a nice fluid flow before it comes to rest. I prefer a lot more dynamic than just static, which is what we'll get into next, because dynamic is a, a lengthening and then a release, a lengthening and release. Sometimes the body does not like that lengthening and holding because it actually can cause small fiber tearing. So we have to be very cautious about it. And that's why yoga is such a great one. And uh, a lot of older folks like to use it too because they don't feel necessarily overly sore or anything from it. It feels a relief and it tends to release a lot of fascial built up from sitting down in a position or anything that your normal daily tendencies have. So that's why it is great to have that dynamic stretching. Now, static stretching can be done before training or competition, but it is best to be followed up with adequate dynamic stretching and muscle engagement before you really do some type of movement. Again, the muscles have just been stretched. They haven't really got a lot of blood flow there. So you have to be very precise on which stretches you do and make sure you add in those after. But static stretching is great to just keep a little bit of mobility going. If you've had a lot of contractions and excessive use of the muscles, uh, for me, today was my longer day on my bike, so I did 130K uh, kilometers uh, for anyone who's American. That's probably going to be about mm, 85 miles, you know, somewhere around there. So we want to make sure we're paying attention to how we fully stretch and the prep beforehand and what's going to be the after. So along with stretching comes mobility and stability exercises. Now, mobility is the ability to control uh, or the range of motion of a joint. So having full range of motion. Stability is the ability to control the joint. So those are very key in allowing your muscles to work effectively with your joints and keeping them strong and limber. Now, athletes tend to overuse certain joints because of high volume of repetitions and specific techniques and exercises can ensure your joints stay healthy and in that full range of motion. And this is a big one as we get older too, because if you don't stay mobile, you're gonna lose that ability to maybe move your shoulder fully, uh, move your hips completely in all ranges of motion. And that will add up as it stiffens if we don't do those exercises. So for athletes, it's very crucial that you stay on top of your mobility and stability and your stretching to keep your body at its best abilities and capacities for when you're training or else you can get injuries. You can be just a lot, a lot more sore going into your training and you're not gonna enjoy a lot of your training or competitions from that.
Now we can get into massages if available, that will help speed up your recovery. It helps reduce that muscle fatigue because you can get manual therapy of flushing out lactic acid and digging into knots from the muscles really contracting in an area. And that's going to be huge for also a mental release as you know, it boosts the recovery from those endorphins reliefs when someone is really giving you that pleasure from getting rid of that tension. Now, I've had a lot of massages being an athlete that they're not always so nice. It's a little bit more deep tissue and it can be a little bit painful, but it is a good pain and it helps you get through so that your body is ready to go for that next hard training session. Another great one is ice baths. And this can help decrease muscle spasms and speed up muscle fiber repairing. They also can be great if training or competing in hot climates, right? You want to cool the body down so that it doesn't overheat. And you want to be able to use ice baths specifically at times after your training, of course, only because it's really going to make everything shrink together. But it helps break up a lot of the lactic acid and flush it out after you foam roll potentially, do your dynamic stretching, all those things, and then you take a nice ice bath. It can help put all those things together. So it is a great way to help flush the body of bad, um, anything built up in the body from excessive use. Because lactic acid is not necessarily bad, but it's a byproduct of our CO2 and water being released. And all those come into play in our glycolysis um, system. So it is just a natural part of our body's way to fight constantly using and contracting a muscle. So it's completely natural. But as athletes, we push it to the point where you feel that burn and it feels like it doesn't go away, especially after deep into training sessions, you can really tell you're fatigued. It's probably because some lactic acid is starting to set in. And usually lactic acid is only present if there's not oxygen present. So the better your aerobic system, the longer it will take for your lactic acid to build in. Now, if you're doing anaerobic training because you're sprinting or doing very quick burst, high intensity uh, intervals or training or competition, whatever your sport is, then you're going to have always that lactic threshold that you have to know where it is. And if you cross it, you better be ready to handle that pain or a little bit of suffering. And you have acupuncture. What that's used more specifically for uh, pain and nerve problems. I had acupuncture done to my elbow when I had a UCL injury from baseball. I'd have a lot of pain through that nerve. So they would do dry needling with a little bit of electrical stimulation to try and get the nerve to calm down and that would get rid of the pain. So that's a little bit more on the physio side, but it is another way to recover and help the body heal. And electric stimulation, it just increases the blood flow to the desired area to re improve repairing and function of the muscle. Now, what it does is it sends a signal that the brain needs to contract and lengthen the muscle. And when you do that, you have to send blood flow. Even though you're not really using it, it just helps speed up that blood flow, which helps flush out anything you need in there and start repairing those fibers. And it just uses electrical signals to really create that activity in the muscle. So it's pretty cool. I've had that many times done to me, especially uh, through my neck and my back from getting a little facilitated. Uh, from cycling or doing anything like that. So it's another great tool that nowadays you can pick it up online, buy it from a store. Most physiotherapists, chiropractors will have it on hand too uh, because it just speeds up a lot of things. Another technique I've had done is cupping. So it's these small cones 
that have you know closed in and has a suction to it and it pulls up the dead blood cells that is in your body. So wherever you put it on, if you have pain in certain areas, there's probably a lot of potentially lactic acid, dead blood cells, and they wanna flush that out so it helps your body again clear it out. And that's uh, a actual Chinese technique we learned that from. Um, and it's something I saw along the way with a lot of baseball players, especially on their back and their lats for a lot of pitchers. So it was something cool to see. It's really weird to see because the feelings also just like you're getting a really hard suction and you see someone's skin completely fill up the cup almost. And it turns pretty purple and you'll see a big mark. So you'll know when someone has had cupping to them. Um, obviously it's still pretty new. It's been around for years, but it's newer in the understanding of the science behind it. And if it's really worked, I've heard people say, oh, it doesn't really work so well. And I've had people love it. So everyone's gonna find different things for them, but it is something that can be added to the list. Now, another thing is Theraguns. I have one of these and I walk around with it all the time, even with my clients. And when I train them in person, sometimes, you know, they have a knot somewhere or they have a little bit of a deep tissue issue. We can do some active release and we can really put different heads on the Theragun to maybe get a little bit deeper, a little bit flatter, a little bit more round. So it's a great tool to, again, help flush out that lactic acid, hit those knots and a little bit more hands-on so you can be more specific to the point you want to put it on. So if you have it on your neck or so, it's very hard to foam roll your neck. So you can get someone to help you or you can do it yourself to target an area that's a little bit harder to get with the foam roller. But again, it's doing the same concept, breaking up the tissue to help flush the, the lactic acid out. Now on the mental rejuvenation side, it's just as needed in the recovery process as the body follows the mind. Most of our rejuvenation comes from resting, but some other possibilities can be mindfulness techniques like meditation or yoga. Anything that brings you into a stillness calms the mind, relaxes, and eases the mind. Now, of course, everyone will have a different way that helps them rejuvenate, but it's just about finding what works best for you. Some people enjoy doing nothing and potentially napping. Sometimes I like to take a great nap. It's amazing. But if you overnap, then it can start being a hindrance too. While other people may prefer that light exercise or a nature walk, something that just puts them in that calm, peaceful zone. So again, whatever works best for you, you find it and you repeat it. The more consistent we can do these things in our routine, the easier it will become to maintain a higher quality of performance and overall quality of living. So now seven tips to help you maximize that rest, recovery, and rejuvenation so that you can make the most of your ability for performance. Number one, you wanna eat well-portioned nutritious food and ensure adequate protein and carb intake based on the level of training or competition. So whenever you're tearing muscle fibers, the only things that can repair it is protein. Most athletes know, I need my protein. There's a lot of BCAAs out there to help facilitate during activity, after activity, but then there's also your protein shakes and just eating proper balanced meals will get a lot of your protein. Sometimes athletes need a little bit more if you're pushing your body past the point of the average human being. So we really wanna focus on getting enough protein and getting those carbs which support your body's main system when you're going over your lipolysis, which is your fat burning system, which is typically after you get a little bit above your resting heart rate, you start to burn carbs 
If you're walking, think of the intensity of that. That's where you burn a lot of fat. As soon as you start to jog or sprint, you start to go into the other systems that burn carbs or potentially creatine and phosphate. Now, number two is, of course, you want to hydrate consistently and focus on drinking at least three to four waters, a, uh, three to four liters of water a day just to reduce the chances of those muscle cramps or spasms. Now, if you're in hotter temperatures and climate, you're going to probably need five, six, seven, eight liters of water. If you've been doing a lot of, you know, cardio sessions, long training sessions, then again, you need to balance out every hour of high intensity, you need at least 500 milliliters of water. So for every hour on top of that three to four liters, you need that 500 mil. And for anyone in the States, that's going to be probably about mm, a third of a gallon. So when not training as well, another key thing is to stay off your feet if possible. You know, horizontal or elevated legs is going to be the best as much as you can. It's just helping the body start flush those different toxins and the lactic acid and moving the blood flow to repair those muscles at a cellular level so that tomorrow can be a good day. If you did a hard training session or you competed all day and then you go stand on your feet for the rest of the day and you got to do it again tomorrow, you're probably going to be suffering a little bit or, you know, taking some consequences from that. So anytime you can, put your feet up, rest, really get some type of R&R to let the body heal. Now, number four is going to bed and wake up around the same time, just so your sleep clock on our internal clock can be on the same page with what we want to be doing. If our body wants to be sleeping for another hour, but we need to wake up now, you're going to be all over the place and it's going to make you feel groggy and affect your mood and your overall thought process and performances. So we want to make sure our central nervous system's clock is on the same schedule as what our performance is and what we need out of our daily routine. So very important, get on the same schedule of your sleep. And number five is a very tough one. I have to always remind myself of this too because you just get into the habit at times of being on your phone and that blue light spectrum can really affect your sleep cycles, especially getting to deep sleep. It keeps us in a lighter sleep cycle. So you want to limit how much TV or phone activity you have right before bed. And usually at least an hour or even two for some people is a good time gap that allows your body to unwind and really get ready to sleep properly. And that's very important. I have Whoop, which is a great uh, brand for tracking your overall fitness and your health. And it really dives into your sleep and it uses the understanding of our nervous system to know if you've recovered very well or poorly. And I've noticed that the times I look at my phone before bed, my recoveries may be in the, the middle zone, and that'd be more around 50, 60% recovery of what I need. And that means my training session the next day needs to be a little bit lower, or else I'll start to overtrain. And the days I stay off my phone, I start to see green numbers where it's 75% or higher in my recovery, and then I can push more. So just limiting how much blue light spectrum I'm taking in allows me to have better rest. And then at the end of the day, I can perform more the next day. So you're going to hinder yourself just by looking for maybe that half hour or so on uh, scrolling through social media or watching YouTube videos. Do that during the day. Just schedule out when you're going to bed. It's time to go to bed.
And number six is limit how much caffeine is used in the afternoon or evening. In the morning, it's okay. You can tend to use it. Your body will burn it. You'll get through the cycles of the release of the hormones. But as soon as we start getting later in the afternoon, the evening, it becomes still overstimulated and your body takes enough time to wind down. And if you don't have enough time to really use all that caffeine, your body may be still stimulated. So when you're trying to go to bed, it feels like you have anxiety or a little bit of insomnia just because your body's still stimulated by the caffeine. So just be careful of how late you drink caffeine so that you can get proper sleep. Again, if you get adequate rest and recovery, you're always going to have better performances the next day. And if you want to be elite or at the best level of whatever sport you're playing, then you must, I, I can't you know say it enough, get enough sleep. It's so important. And number seven is listen to your body. If it tells you that you need more rest or it isn't ready for maximal performance, then just listen to it. Take that into consideration before your next training session or competition because injuries can be prevented if you listen to your body. Sometimes you start hearing a hamstring kind of talking to you and you said, oh, it's okay. Maybe I just need a little light stretching and then go right into hard training again. Next thing you know, you pull your hamstring. Was that avoidable? Probably. So if you listen to your body, you will see that it will tell you today's a day to go on the gas and maybe today's a day to pump the brakes. Adding in a Fitbit, an Apple Watch, or a Whoop to help you see those statistics and the science behind your recoveries and your performance can then help you also judge how hard to go today or how easy to take it. Because some days you need to do nothing. Some days you got to do a lot extra. And that is all about being an athlete. Give and take, going with the flow, and just trying to do your best to recover, rest, and rejuvenate. So the key takeaways from this topic is to find the best ways for you to recover and rejuvenate so that your performances are improving and or maintaining consistency of where you want them to be. We cannot grow or develop in all regards without proper recovery. However hard you train, you need to rest just as balanced. If not, then you can be overreaching and this promotes some fitness gains, but it also can increase chances of injury or performance decrease from overtraining. So it's very important to listen to your body. Find the techniques that work best for you. And in the, if there is anything new you learned today, give it a try. See if it, it helps that level of your recovery. If it helps it improve, it's something you can add into your routine. And then focus on those little things. And you'll see that bigger picture start to take care of itself. So you really need to focus in on getting enough rest, getting enough of those techniques that help your body recover properly, and then rejuvenate the mind because the mind tells the body what to do. If your mind is all foggy and very mentally drained, your body's not gonna wanna do everything to its highest ability. So take pride in that rest and recovery and you will see your level of performance and abilities start to go through the roof and level up to your highest potential. So that is it for today. I thank you guys for tuning in and staying through this great topic. Again, anyone who's new to the channel, make sure you like, share, and subscribe and keep staying on top of this great mindset content because we wanna make sure you are taking your game, your abilities, your performances to that next level so that you can be the best of you. All right. 
So stay strong, stay healthy, stay consistent, and keep developing yourself. Level up.